0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the god Center Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. You're listening to week three of the Summer of Mentorship featuring
1: mentor Jan Greenwood. I have been in a season of learning about the power of my weakness and what happens If I will really trust God to be my defender, what if I do nothing? What if I sit while God wars? Surely I would die. Mm. And it's been such an amazing revelation to me to understand that, you know, really I'm not all that Mm. and that life and death is in God's hands, not mine. And that if I am weak and tired and weary, which surely I have been, God is okay if I sit down. And he will war for me. Jan
0: is a mentor to many. She's spoken truth into my own life, and I can't wait to share her with you. She's a speaker, an author, a pastor of equipping over at Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. And today she's vulnerably sharing her own story, a story filled with battles against cancer, and God showing up faithful and giving her different strategies and different seasons. And I think, what it delivers to us is an inspiration to seek God's face no matter what we're facing, whether it's with our kids, our marriages, and our career and our health, that He has a word for us and He has a way He wants to work in our lives if we seek Him. Praying that the Holy Spirit meets you right where you are and gives you the hope that you need today. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Jan, welcome to the God Center Mom Podcast. Hi, Heather. How are you? I'm so excited. (laughs) I am too. (laughs) Y'all, if you knew, if you knew, if you knew, um, this conversation has been a long time coming for me. I've really been looking forward to having you on the show, Jan
1: so sweet. Thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, if they only knew how technically challenged I was, they'd know how patient you were. So Worth thanks it. for your
0: patience. Worth it. I'm so just thankful. I love having wise women who've walked life, who seek God on the show to guide us. Um, there's there's a lot of gals out there who don't have uh, wise women in their life. Yes. So to get to share you with the world is pretty fun for me. Wow. So well, before, thank you so much. <laughs> Of course. Before we get into all of the wisdom and the goodness, um, and this is still goodness, I would love for you to introduce everyone to your family.
1: Oh, my sweet family. Yeah. Well, uh, my husband, his name is Mark, and we've been married for 33 years, and uh, he's a little miracle himself. He recently had a heart attack, survived, and has no long-term heart damage, and so I just have a fresh um, sweetness for him and thanking God for saving his life. Mm. So he's my high school sweetheart. Mm. We've been together a really long time. And then I have four children. My oldest is my daughter, Ashley. She's going to be 26 next week. I can't believe it. Wow. Uh, She uh, works for Pastor Jimmy Evans at a ministry called Marriage Today. She's the director of events there and is just blowing and going and making us very proud of the work that she's doing. Mm -hmm. And then I have three boys. Two of them are in college. My oldest son, John, is 21, and he's a senior in college, a business major. He just went back to school a couple of weeks ago. And then my middle son is Luke, and he um, attends the local university and is at home with us this year. So that's pretty fun. He's 19 and then my youngest son is Matthew who's 16 and he's a junior I have to think about it at our local high school
0: and just say their three names the boys
1: yeah well all together they are Matthew Mark Luke and John. they're just out of order <laughs> but yeah I have this really really bad joke I have to tell it now because yeah, you asked I know, me like I know. so you know People started saying, Are you going to have the apostles? So when the last one came, I was like, It has to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because we're done. (laughs) We're done. We just do the gospels, not all of the apostles. That's good. Yes.
0: I love how Uh, your son's recent football stuff has
1: helped you. Yes. Give so I am a two-time stage four breast cancer survivor. Amazing. In 2009, I was diagnosed and uh, went through two years of treatment and six years of full recovery. Just mm-hmm. such a miracle story of my recovery the first time around. And then last September, I was diagnosed again, and I've had a recurrence. And so I have been in chemotherapy since January and I'm in the process of taking back the same territory I took before and Uh, I'm actually, I'll just tell you up front because it's so encouraging. I am doing so well. All of my marker numbers have returned to the low end of normal. And I say that with the greatest pride, like Mm. uh, there's no evidence of disease in my body, no tumors that can be found. And uh, when you're a stage four survivor, you know, treatment and monitoring are an ongoing part of your life. But I, I literally have had another turnaround, which is just such um, a miracle to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I can hardly believe it myself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in the process of restoration is what I call it. I'm in the resurrection Mm -hmm. uh, season of recovery, and um, it just gives me so much joy. And in the process of that, I was recently asked to teach at my church, a, a two or three week teaching about a word that God gave me this past year when I was Rediagnosed, diagnosed and uh, the word was square up. Hmm. And I think what you've been seeing on my social media is really the result of me sharing what God said to me in that moment and what it meant to me. And it had to do with my son, Matthew. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, I had been trying to find out why my cancer markers had been rising for a couple of months. And I'd been through every kind of test and everything was good. You know, everything was clear except these numbers kept rising. And so the last test I did was a brain scan. And that was like on a Thursday. And the following Monday, I'm driving to work in the morning down the interstate here in Dallas. The phone rings. It's the nurse. And she says, you know, Jan, we got your test results. And you know, your doctor would like to see you right away. Mm -hmm. And so you know when he said when she said that i i knew that was not good news and so i literally just pulled over on the side of the road to catch my breath for a minute and as i put my car into park i heard the lord say to me square up and I knew the instant he spoke to me, I had an image of myself in Matthew's uniform. Hmm. And I actually chuckled. I knew that God was saying it was going to be a fight and that I needed to square up. And the reason that I did is because Matthew and I had, had this conversation a couple of weeks earlier about what square up meant. Hmm. And so I put my car in drive and I went to the doctor and, you know, I began this fight to get my health back again. And the word square up has been such an anchor for me in this process, such an amazing, um, I don't know, ongoing revelation maybe is what I would say. And I, I instantly was given life because the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I was encouraged, but then as I've gone along, the revelation has been sweeter and sweeter so I'd love to tell you what square it means. Do you yes, want to hear that? I do. Okay, I'm
0: like, yes, yes. Tell me, because I okay. am not a sport person. I'm not from Texas. So I'm not even a football person. So uh, please tell me what well, square Well, I laugh
1: means. and say I've had three boys play football and I still don't know what's going on on the field. And that's because <laughs> every time they snap the ball, I only have eyes for one. Oh, and I really don't know what else is happening. So yeah. it's been kind of funny that God would use football. My boys have been having to educate me. But that's funny. Um, that's funny. Matthew, a couple of weeks before this happened, he and I went out to eat one day. And we were just talking and he was really frustrated. He was in a process of being asked to learn a new position on the football field. Mm. And uh, he plays defense and uh, he plays safety and they wanted him to play corner. And so he was kind of fuming about football because they were asking him to unlearn something he had spent years and years learning. And he was just saying to me all my life, the coaches taught me, you know, to get low, square up my hips, square up my shoulders, prepare myself. And when I go in for a tackle, you know, I've got to get low. And he's just, he's using his conversation to talk to me about his position. And I remember thinking, cool, I understand better, you know, what his job is on the field. But it was just a casual conversation about football. And, you know, he's fuming a little that things are frustrating and I'm just eating and listening. Yeah. But a couple of weeks later, when the Lord spoke to me square up, I immediately went to that conversation with Matthew and, you know, knew that it meant get low, turn your hips, turn your shoulders. Like I had to get in alignment and, you know, I was about to impact like the battle is on. Mm. So in 2009, the Lord gave me a word called resolute, which means to be steadfast or unwavering. And I really had to learn to war from a position of resolution. But the way I warred was very aggressive. I had an aggressive mindset. Hmm. So every time I felt afraid or death spoke to me or there might be a bad report or maybe I sat by someone who wasn't doing very well or, you know, this happens all the time. I'm watching a TV show and now the character has cancer. You know, wherever it would come to kind of sideswipe me, man, I would rip out my sword. I would quote the word. I I say I learned to, you know, kill a giant. Like I was aggressive in my mindset. Mm. Now, I learned a lot about my authority as a believer. I believe that was a valid and helpful way to fight. But some of my fighting was based out of fear. Like I had Mm. to keep the word really, really close or my heart would be fast and I would be anxious. Mm. And so, you know, the the weapons of my warfare were to push off fear and to push off death and discouragement. Mm. And I learned a lot about being a warrior and how to manifest a warrior spirit. Like to this day, when I pray for someone, I feel that anointing come on me. Mm. But if you remember when God showed me square up, he showed me me in Matthew's uniform and it made me laugh because it was a little like David and Saul's uniform. It was ridiculous. But in the early days of my fighting this round, I Thought I was going to have to fight the way I fought in 2009. And so I began to war with this word. But when I was warring, I was imagining myself like looking as good as Matthew in his <laughs> war. So, you know, I imagined it is so slick and I am so strong and I am so that. And here I am on the football field with the enemy. And you just come on, Cancer, you just bring it over here. I'm going to smack you, was kind of my attitude. And I spent about five or six months warring with that word, with that attitude, with that aggressive attitude, and really getting creamed on the field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I tell this story about feeling like every time the ball would snap, the cancer would be in charge and, you know, the offensive team would come against me and I would be frozen. I felt like I couldn't move and, and the enemy would come and just wipe me out. You know, it would be a bad report a new location, a bad pain, uh, you know, the seriousness of the situation. And I just felt creamed over and over. And I kept thinking the only way I can win this battle is I've got to get off the defense and onto the offense. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly trying to figure out how to get the ball from the enemy, so to speak. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted an interception or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to hold him so I could get the ball. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like cancer and I were wrestling over the ball. And so I shared that one day with an NFL player just asking for some insight because I felt so hopeless. I had begun to believe that maybe I was never going to have the ball and that mm. God was really saying to me, square up and get ready to die. Mm. And so that the I wrestled with that. I call that the death days. I wrestled with that for days and days. And when I shared this with this football player, he looked at me rather strangely and he just said to me, so you think the devil has the ball? Hmm. And when he said it, I, I just, it was like all the veil was lifted off my eyes. And I realized how foolish it was. And he said to me, Jesus has the ball. and mm. the devil is on the deep you're on the sidelines. Mm. And when he said it to me, I remembered that image in my mind of me in Matthew's uniform where I looked a little ridiculous. And I just saw myself sitting on the sidelines, you know, helmet beside me, uniform, ill-fitting, hot, sweaty, and tired. And the Lord saying to me, Jan, I want you to fight from a position of rest. Hmm. Sit down and watch me yeah. take on your enemy. And this began to shake my life up because mm-hmm. I know how to fight, but I don't know how to rest. Yeah. I don't know how to rest. So I have been in a season of learning about the power of my weakness and what happens If I will really trust God to be my defender, what if I do nothing? What if I sit while God wars? Surely I would die. Hmm. And it's been such an amazing revelation to me to understand that, um, you know, really, I'm not all that Hmm. and that life and death is in God's hands, not mine. And that if I am weak and tired and weary, which surely I have been. God is okay if I sit down, and He will war for me. Mm. So this time, my mindset has had to become one of agreement versus one of opposition. Mm. And this square up is not really about squaring up just to get steadfast in the Word of God, but it's really about can I square up and align myself in such a manner that I can keep my eyes on Jesus and trust Him. Mm -hmm. And my big war strategy is I have decided to just not look at cancer. So I know that sounds silly, but it comes into the vision, like almost on the side of my eyes. You know, it comes to taunt me or mock me. And in the past, I would have immediately turned to the side and whipped out my sword and, you know, ran Him out of my territory. But in this season, I simply look at Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I keep walking and I keep trusting and I think I'm really irritating the enemy like he's he doesn't quite know what to do with peace and trust. Hmm. So that's what square means to me right now. That's and so good and I think
0: place. I mean you learned it from a season of cancer battling cancer. Yes. But I am confident there are women out there battling their own thing. Um, whether it's a child who's gone astray whether it's a child with special needs whether it's um, a husband that is far from God whether it's family members that are I mean there are so many battles and we can make it about the people or we can make it about the circumstance or we can make it about the disease and to recognize that you're in the battle you're still Mm -hmm. at the game Mm -hmm. but that you are not the one doing the fighting. Yeah, that's big. Pretty
1: amazing. Well, and you know, I've heard those verses all my life, you know, that say that God will fight for you. Yeah, The whole story of Moses and the Israelites with their backs to the Red Sea, you know, and they're basically saying it would be better to be a slave forever than to be here and die. And I'm thinking, is that really right? And (laughs) you'll notice Moses just says to them, you know, stand still and watch the deliverance of the Lord. And he also says in the Message Bible, it says, and you, you shut up. (laughs) And I just have thought about so often, like I have this verbal engagement with the enemy, Mm. you know, and I've warred and warred and warred against him when really I've become silent against the enemy. And I'm using my mouth now to align with God and to acknowledge God and to praise God. And it's just so much more restful. And uh, now I'm learning when the scripture says, you know, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect or that my, my grace is sufficient for you in I didn't really understand any of those verses and I don't particularly like them. I have to tell you, I don't, (laughs) I don't like how I feel when I feel weak. I much prefer, you know, to feel anointed and a killer. Mm -hmm. I want to be a giant slayer, but really, you know, I'm in that uniform and it doesn't fit very well. He's like, why don't you just take a break on the bench?
0: (laughs) Well, and your, your hashtag, you've been using brave, strong girl, That's Mm. where the bravery and the strength is. Well, there's a little story behind
1: that I'd love to tell you. Yeah, I want to hear about that. uh, A couple of days after my diagnosis, before we had really told anyone outside our immediate family, of course, you know, this had been going on now for months. So we just had a private war going on for months. And my husband turned to me one day and he said, Jan, I'm just so proud of you. You're just so brave and strong. And I remember just looking at him and I said, I think that's so funny. Because I just feel weak and afraid. Mm. And I began to use my blog uh, under the term Brave Strong Girl. But what I really want people to hear is that I'm not very brave and I'm not very strong. But that when I'm uh, weak, there's a strength that shows through that's God. And when I'm afraid, he makes me courageous. So it's not like Brave Strong Girl is like some declaration where I'm working up my strength or I'm working up my bravery. It's actually an acknowledgment that it is the Spirit of God in me yeah. that would cause me in my weakness and in my fear to be brave and strong. It's a, it's a dichotomy, a, a, a conflict, so to speak. Yeah. And so I told people the other night, like, Your doubt is just an opportunity for your faith. Your weakness is a moment for your strength. You know, like everything is opposite in the kingdom of God. And Mm -hmm. so if you feel weak and afraid and tired, like, well, then you're qualified to be brave and courageous. It just doesn't feel like we think it's going to feel. We think brave and courageous feels like that, you know, victorious moment. But actually, I found that to be brave and strong just feels like my knees knocking And a weariness and I have, I have only one place to go, but that's a trustworthy place.
0: Yes, man. Mm -hmm. And as moms that, I feel like that position can bring us to some of our weakest and most afraid places because seeing your heart walk outside of your body in a person. Uh, so when you got those diagnoses and when you diagnoses, uh, for the first time in particular mm-hmm. and your whole perspective is shifted and your whole priorities shifted. How did that impact how you parented your boys and your daughter?
1: Well, I think that the first time around Mark and I really partnered together to try to keep our home as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. We were always honest with our children, but we'd never allowed cancer to be the focus of our life. Now it doesn't mean that they weren't impacted. My sweet Matthew told a story the other night about, you know, his fifth grade self. uh, And he said, Mom, you went in your room for weeks at a time, and Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk to you. And I don't think that's really how it actually was, but it's how it felt to him, how he felt cut off and isolated. And this time around, we had a conversation about that at the start. And I said to him, if I start to feel absent from you, you know, I want you to come toward me. And I do think that the square up word has given me a dialogue and a direction in parenting my children. It's allowed me to communicate the fight in a way that they can speak into it. They have, we have a common understanding, this vocabulary that um, even sometimes, you know, I can talk Christianese and lose them. And this has just kept us so close and it's allowed them to speak even from their perspective into me. Hmm. And so my parenting has been honest. It's never deceptive. I've never lied about the consequence. None of us have ever been like, oh, it's going to be all right. But I've also believed that so much of your parenting is what you model. Hmm. And what I've had to model is an honest fight with death and how God is bringing me through. And I'm watching my kids walk it out. Hmm. Some are more verbal. Some are more... Uh, aggressive, but I'm watching them walk by faith. And what I'm finding is that cancer is a journey in our it's a part of our story, but it's not really our life story. You know, it's like a, um, it's a sideline to the faith that God is building. And so in your parenting, I think it's really important that we don't allow our fear to be the driving force. Like, you know, if I, if I allow fear to be my force, then what I do is I start thinking about all the things I need to accomplish before I die. And I start thinking about, oh my gosh, have I said this? Or, oh my gosh, have I said that? and And instead of it being like a healthy prioritization, it becomes like this fearful, controlling, driving sense that I'm somehow going to fail them. But if I stay in faith, then I'm confident regardless of the number of my days that my children are going to walk in the Lord and yeah. that I'm going to walk in the Lord till the last breath. Yeah. So it's just a shift again and an invitation to them to actually come into the midst of a really difficult fight and fight with me. That's good. I think that I'd think can... i like to protect them, but that's not real.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and for boys in general, there is a little bit of a warrior in them. Most boys, Mm -hmm. And so to give them those Mm -hmm. words, that is really very good advice. And I know that beyond this part of your story and beyond being a mom, you also minister to women. That's your passion. And (laughs) my day job. That's your day job. That's your day job. And I know that the, you know, what casts out fear, love casts out fear. And you're just driven by that, that women would know this love that God has for them. And, and to use it to restore relationships. And you wrote a book, women at war. um, I'm just
1: laughing because like, Oh my gosh, Heather, my whole life is war. (laughs) You know, like how did that happen? And uh, I'm just remembering, you know, the of across they say is a bloody bride. Like it's Mm. just, there's a violence in the kingdom. And the thing about my love for women Uh, you know, I wrote Women at War in between my two rounds of cancer. Hmm. And I talked about how the enemy comes to steal from us much the way that cancer comes to steal from me. So he wants to strip away the things that make me a woman. You know, he wants my hair or my breast or my ability to parent or, Hmm. uh, you know, the beauty, uh, my exterior beauty. He comes to demolish that and to tell me I'm really not even a woman anymore. And that is such a microcosm of the bigger goal of the enemy, which is to destroy women. He hates women mm. and he hates us because we can give life mm. and he's all about death and we're all about life. So it's a clashing, you know, of kingdoms. And when I wrote women at war, really, I just have this passion that we would war together. Mm. Not that you would get out of the war. Like so many of us want to escape the war. And I do think there's a time to sit down, right? Get on that bench. But like, We're not going to escape this war till we get to eternity.
0: We're still there. You're still there, and you're still a part of what God's doing.
1: And so many times we just war against one another instead of warring together. And uh, who has time for that? And who has energy for that? And really, if it weren't for the women in my life who have aligned themselves to war with me, where would I be? Yeah. And I just find so many women have, due to wounds or lies, have allowed themselves to get isolated, wounded, hurt, or or they are the wounder. Mm. And they are slicing up one another instead of really, you know, using their weapons against darkness. Mm. So it just, there's so many parallels to me and so many uh, layers of the conversation and You know, just what God's teaching me about how to war applies to everything in our life. So, I'm warring for women to get along, to have healthy relationships, and I'm warring for my life. And I want us to war together. I want us to figure out who's really on our team, who really has the ball, you know, who's really in charge. And I want us to just destroy darkness. I have such a passion that darkness would be overcome, but I'm learning that, you know, the word says it is finished. Christ has overcome. Mm. So there is a rest in the war that I can only find in Jesus Christ. Otherwise I'm wearing myself out. Like I find so many people that are in really difficult circumstances and they've been warring for so long and they become weary. And, you know, it's like you're in it and if you don't war, you'll surely die. So you don't Quit, but you're so tired. And I think at that moment, we're most susceptible to the lies of the enemy. And like for me, I began to believe God was saying, actually, Jan, I'm preparing you for death. And it wasn't until I, until I heard in the Spirit, this is what I heard, what did God say? Hmm. I was driving down the road, praying to be able to endure another bad report. And the Lord said to me, what did God say? And immediately out of my spirit came Deuteronomy. You know, I have set before you life and death. Now choose life. Hmm. And I had this revelation, like I've quoted that verse a billion times. Right. But I had this moment of like, oh, I am. If it's up to me, Lord, I choose life. Mm -hmm. I went back and opened that verse. There's all these benefits to choosing life. The first one of which is that I would live a long, my children and I would live a long life. And it talks about that I would know the voice of God and that I would walk with God. And for the first time, I just had this complete and total understanding. I know this sounds ridiculous, but Heather, he's all about life. And the enemy's all about death. Mm -hmm. Just got confused. You know, the enemy masquerades as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. He sounds like God. He uses the word. And I was using my kind of my strategy, putting together a puzzle piece of death and saying, I must, you know, I need to get my affairs in order. But really, the Lord is saying to me, Jim, what do you choose? And I'm saying, well, I choose life. Now, regardless of what happens to my body, I have chosen life. Mm-hmm. And I am living, I am prospering, I am living, and I'm taking out darkness and I'm bringing about the kingdom of God by resting. It's so bizarre to me. How can that even be? Yeah. <laughs> if, true.
0: He's walking you through something that I think some of us may not understand until we walk through it. Mm-hmm. That, that decision, that when you're yeah. faced, oh, let's imagine, you know. Uh, you're in a scenario that's fearful, you know, a robber comes and mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Your instinct, your natural instinct is to fight back, to punch the right. person, right?
1: Exactly. To just
0: like surrender and be like, all right, well take it or whatever. I don't even know. Like, but there's, there's this thing in you that thinks, no, you should, you should fight it. Or the logic would be, you should make plans. Cause you know, it's your second time around with cancer. And you know, the doctors would say this X and the other and stage this, that mm-hmm. and the other and for you to get a word from the lord that says this is what i have for you jean
1: uh-huh.
0: i'm you're in the battle but you're fighting the wrong thing you let me uh-huh. fight you sit here you choose life in it i don't want you sitting on the sidelines and giving up and surrender like right. a, like a, well,
1: I say, you know, my sword is ever at the ready. Mm-hmm. There is a, There mm-hmm. are moments like mm-hmm. it, it's not good to not understand how to fight darkness, like all of the equipment and the weapons that God has given us. You know, the, the equipment in Ephesians 6, the power of prayer, the power of worship, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. All these things are weapons. Well, they have a purpose and you do have to fight the enemy like you, you do have to. Uh, exert your authority and take back the territory. But once you do, I don't have to fight ghosts in this territory. It belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And so like there is a time to war in the way I worked before. And then there's a time to war in rest. And I'm, I'm just learning how that rest is more powerful than slinging my sword. It's I can't even believe it. It's so amazing. So what does it look like in
0: your day in, day out? Because some people may be saying that sounds all good and right when we're talking about this, you know, Mm -hmm. football game scenario and this battle scenario. But like day in, day out, um, give an example of what it looks like when you're resting or
1: warring. Mm -hmm. Well, it has a lot to do with the authority and thoughts I have in my mind. And so now I've been walking with this word for a while, and I've really had this revelation since March about rest. So what I find is that uh, when I wake up in the morning and I talk to the Lord, the first thing I'm talking to Him about is not about cancer. Okay. So like my mind has come into the present. I'm actually back to talking to him about my family or my day or my mission or my purpose or the thing that I need intervention for, or my friend who is struggling or, you know, it's like the focus has come off of the fight that's on me immediately. And it's really come back to relating and rest and having a, a you know, a ongoing conversation with God. It looks like, uh, enjoying just reading the word of God versus searching for a word that'll keep me alive. And I'm finding I'm back to recreational reading of the word. And I cannot tell you every day, I'm like, there it is. There it is again. There it is again. You know, he confirms to me the things that he said. It does look like on days that are threatening or days that I don't feel good. It's not that I don't have to still reestablish myself, but instead of warring with the enemy, what I do is I pray to God and I speak to myself. So I would say to the Lord, Lord, I, I have chosen life and I thank you that you give me life. And because I've chosen it, you're going to give me all these blessings. And then I say to myself, and I said, now, Jan, you have chosen life. And you choose all the abundance that goes with it and all the blessing. And you will put your eyes on Jesus Christ and you will lift him up. And I just coach myself Mm. into the proper alignment. And then I find actually, you know, then I can go cook dinner or Mm. it's really, uh, you know, it's a battle that's happening all the time that no one can see. It's what's going on in your mind that's so important. And so for me now, instead of just constantly taking my thoughts from death to life, much more it's about, Engaging God as if I'm well and going on.
0: How does someone know when they're in the role that you were the first time or the role that you are now?
1: Well, this is a great word because you can borrow my square up word, but actually you need a word of your own from Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. A Mm -hmm. word from your own and a sense of direction. In round one, I don't think I did anything wrong. I think I fought in the exact alignment with how God wanted me to fight and what he was teaching me. Yeah, But every battle, I believe, has a new word and a new direction. And so, um, you know, for me, it was to come back and ask again. And this is difficult if you don't believe that God still speaks or that you, or if you're you know, your viewpoint is that He only speaks from the Word. And I, I don't even want to argue about that. I want to say to you, then go to the Word. Yeah, Go to the Word until something, you know, lights up your heart and it leaps. And then use that word. The Word. The infallible Word of God will save your life. Yeah. And just ask God for, you know, your own anchor in the storm. Wow. And when you get that Word, write it down. Hold on to it and then start talking to your family and your friends about it and and just let it become a rich tool, you know, a mighty weapon in your hand. And he'll teach you whatever lesson you need to learn in the battle. My battle is only a mirror to really kind of just reflect back like, OK, here's what God did in me, but what's he doing in you? Here's my testimony, but what's your testimony? And I believe our testimony is like, Heather, you can give me your testimony and I can grab hold of it and believe because of your belief, but long-term, you know, I got to have my own.
0: Yep. Yep. So you have to act out your own faith. You have to, yes. Uh, yes. I was at a memorial service and, um, the pastor there was talking about the chair example, which I may have heard it before, but it just hit me in that moment of being at a funeral where we can talk all about the chair and we can believe that the chair can hold us. Like Uh we can fully believe that the four legs and it's sturdy enough and it can hold us. But until we sit in the chair for ourselves, (laughs) we have not trusted the chair Uh to hold our weight. And the same we can do, we can talk all about Jesus. We can say we believe in Jesus, but until we've actually put our faith and our trust in him and we're acting out our faith. I mean, just, you know, listening to God Center Mom and all these great guests and all their wisdom, but you, you seeking God for yourself, um, You living and walking it out for yourself, that's where he will, he will just overwhelm you with your own words, like you're saying
1: in your own story and your own testimony. And I would, I would like to clarify just something. I had this thought as you're sharing it, like, that's exactly right. You don't know about your faith till you put your weight on it. Mm -hmm. till you lean into it and you find out that his faith is so substantial and so trustworthy and it's these, hard, it's these hard battles that bring it up, don't you yeah. think? Well, it, it firms it up for sure. Yeah. You learn yeah. and you you learn a lot in a fight. But I, I do want to say you don't always have to be in a fight. Mm. I believe I don't have to be in a fight for God to speak to me or right. for God to teach totally. me. Totally. Like I want my ear every day to be tuned to what he wants to talk to me about. And as I'm mature, I am able to learn from God and be anchored in God not just in a moment of a fight, but in a moment of rest. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think, I remember one time years and years ago, I went to a women of faith conference. It's when they were new. And I don't know, four or five ladies went. And I got in my car to go home at the end of the day. And I literally said to the Lord, if that's what it takes to be a woman of God, I don't want to be one. Mm -hmm. Like what they shared was so overwhelming to me, Mm -hmm. right? Their fight. Mm -hmm. But I got caught up in the fight and not in the victory. Mm -hmm. And just saying to the Lord, like, you're just scaring me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want my story to scare people. And I don't want people to be like, well, I don't want to be in a fight to have to learn that. Like, I don't want you to be in a fight to learn it either. And you don't have to be. Mm -hmm. And not everyone has to be in a fight all the time. But when the fight comes, (laughs) when the adversity comes, I want you to be equipped. Well, we have to know that that my level
0: of fight and your level of fight, we can't compare, right? Like a, a mom with a newborn may be completely overwhelmed. And that Mm -hmm. may be her biggest battle of today is just how to do that day in, day out, you know, versus fighting for your life. I mean, to
1: her, it can feel as weighty. Yeah. And and what you said about how we get anxious about our children, isn't that so true? We, we worry instead Mm -hmm. of pray and we, we take a lot of responsibility, which yes, we should, but like constantly bringing your parenting back to God is such a, an act of faith Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a such an act of faith to trust our kids
0: back to God. Yep. Oh, Jan, we can have you back again too, just to help us with our female relationships.
1: I'd love to talk about that. Mm-hmm.
0: But if you all have questions about that, you can definitely check out Women at War.
1: Yeah, definitely. definitely. Hey, uh, Women at War You can find the book and all the resources there. And if you're interested in just following my health journey, yes. I started blogging again this year yes. and. I have a very simple blog. It's not, it's just me. That's all that's there. But it's jangreenwood.me. And I. there is the sharing of the square up story there and the ongoing revelation and a conversation happening there. It's a great place to just be encouraged. And I just invite you to stop by and yeah. visit. And um, if there's anything I can do for you, send me a note. I'd be glad to pray with you and for you. Love it. Thank you, Jan. I love you, Heather. Oh, you're so great. You're doing such a great job of encouraging us. I just, every time I'm with you, I'm just more and more blown away by your generosity and your faith. You're You're doing a great job. I will receive that. Thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today.
0: Y'all keep it up. Square it up. Brave strong girl. Okay. (laughs) Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. I appreciated Jan's thoughts on getting your own word on what God wants you to do. We can be inspired by other people's stories, but ultimately God longs for us to live our story with him and dependence on him. I know he's teaching me a lot in the area of control and surrendering my plan to his plan. Oh, I feel like I've done this song and dance before, but I know each of you are on your own journeys, your own struggles, your own areas of life where you feel like you're in the middle of a battle. And so I hope. That Jan's words were an encouragement to you and that they've inspired you to seek God out and to get a word from him on what strategy he wants you to implement. Whether it's using scripture whenever that battle comes to mind to fight against the lies with truth or if it's to sit and surrender and just look to him and let him fight for you i want to take a second and pray for Jan specifically. Diller, we thank you for Jan. We thank you for her life. We thank you for her message. We thank you for her ministry. We thank you for her four kids and her husband's life that you spared. We praise you and thank you for all that you're doing through the people she's equipping and the ripple effects of the efforts she has put forth into honoring you with her life. I pray that you would give her the encouragement she needs this week. I pray that she would know that you see her, that you are for her, and that you're fighting her battles. I pray for each woman listening that she would feel you personally today, that she would know that you, God, see her, and that she would be overcome with comfort and rest in that idea. I thank you and praise you for each woman listening. Be in her life, Lord. May she shine a light for you Remove the guilt and the pressure and any lies of failure, Lord. I know in my own mind I can get distracted with um, lies from the enemy that I'm ruining things or I'll never recover or we're so far gone, Lord. I pray that you would take those thoughts and make them captive and, and give us fresh words of truth through whole power of your Holy Spirit, the great Counselor who comes in, who refreshes, who restores, who renews. I pray that we can trust the work, that we won't give up uh, before the harvest happens, and that we will seek whatever work you have in front of us, Lord, and rest whenever you want us to rest, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July, you're going to have a wonderful 4th of July, celebrating the freedom we have to discuss these things over the airways, over the interwebs. Adios! I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with He, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased.